an end to a miniseries, lots of number ones, and we finally find out what happened to Mary Jane. Hey, my name is Hilton Price, and I'm an OK Geek. Just comic book reviews for you this week uh, as I record on this Mother's Day morning. Hope you had a chance to spend some time with your family and your moms this weekend. I uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, some comics that I read the last couple days. Got a couple of great new number ones. Well, one great new number one, one good new number one. Uh, Two, actually, I guess, although one's a one-shot. But the biggest story to come out of comics in the last week or so is probably Amazing Spider-Man 25 over at Marvel. And that's the Whatever Happened to Mary Jane issue. Now, Zeb Wells has been writing the book for a couple months now, uh, almost, uh, wow, I guess we're going on almost two years, aren't we? Wow, How, how often is that book coming out? Maybe it has not been two years. Anyway, it's not doing great. It is not a hit with the fans. They are not loving this kind of um, reset to the status quo and more uh, just kind of bad stuff happening to Pete and just the old Parker luck, uh, but just is not being appreciated the way that it has in in past times, which is really interesting because I, you know, I've been reading for about 25 years now, and, and I remember about was it almost 10 years now when uh, when One More Day came out, and there was that big push to reset the status quo of Spider Man, and we, a lot of us as fans didn't love it, but you know we were on board, and 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 the One More Day event had some good initial stories, so we thought we were really in for something, but I'm I'm really seeing a lot of backlash to this constant need to reset Spider Man to this place of uh, unlucky in love, unlucky in the job front, unlucky with his pals, unlucky with fellow superheroes, just unlucky, unlucky, unlucky. And people seem to be getting sick of it. So when the Zeb Wells run started on this uh, latest volume of ASM, we started seeing a lot of backlash. Uh, and one of the biggest issues was this random status quo change for Mary Jane, where she was now uh, seeing a man named Paul. She had two children in her care uh, and a lot of questions over what happened. Well, now we finally learn a little bit about what happened, and we learn that while uh, Mary Jane was trapped in an alternate... Oh, whoa, 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 spoilers, if you didn't know. Spoilers. Spoilers. Alternate universe. Mary Jane was trapped in an alternate universe uh, because of the work of Benjamin Rabin. Uh, and, and when Spider-Man was trapped with her and she managed to get him back to the real world in time, and of course he is immediately going to work to save her, and he ends up stealing tech from the Fantastic Four and, you know, really uh, damaging his relationship with other heroes in an attempt to save Mary Jane as quick as can be. And although for him it's just a few hours, years pass in the alternate dimension. And Mary Jane and this uh, character Paul uh, find some children, and they have to take care of them, and they they grow to rely and trust each other, and through that becomes a relationship. And 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 Mary Jane has had four years with someone, so when Pete finally shows up and rescues her, it's not where they left off where him and her were. You know, they had just been started dating, they were talking again, things were seeming to move in that direction, and then because of this situation, this situation with two different uh, movements of time at the same time, she has now had four years of experience with someone else and that's why she is with him and that's why she has kids who are old enough to be walking and talking and 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 little humans but only uh four years have even passed in her world so i gotta tell you it's not as bad as people were saying it's not as bad as people were fearing this whole run is not as bad as people were saying i mean yes we would all love a little progress for pete uh, personally, I've never loved the idea that they got rid of the marriage of him and Mary Jane. Um, I, I thought that was a perfectly fine element of his status quo. He'd been married for years, and we were getting lots of great stories. I mean, we got lots of bum runs, too, but that's comics. 
comics have always done good and bad with whatever the status quo is. There's no book that is consistently great, no matter what. Okay, fine. Saga and Usagi Yojimbo. But besides, okay, fine. TMNT. But besides those three, I'm sure there's a few others. But most of your superhero comics, they've been around long enough. And even with a status quo unchanged, eventually Samurai's just going to do a shit job with it. And that is really being proven here as Zeb Wells is doing the status quo um, that uh, Quesada and Straczynski and them put into place however uh, far back. And he's just keeping it. And I got to tell you, this whole alternate universe, meet a guy, raise a couple kids thing that happened to MJ is cool or, or, or not cool. It sucks for Pete, but it's it's a neat story idea. It's imaginative. It's got uh, fantastic science fiction elements. It plays on the zeitgeist of multiple um, uh, of alternate universes that have been in public consciousness lately. There's a lot to love here. There is a lot to love here. If you want a good fill in issue, this is perfectly fine. I don't see any reason why this has to, to, to be bad or, or, or be considered such a misstep. This Zeb Wells run is perfectly fine. Who it's not perfectly fine for? People who have been reading Spidey for 30 years. People who have seen the mountaintop. It's not fine for them. And I get it. I get it. You know, dude, we, we, we suffered through um, uh, Shadowland as Daredevil fans, you know? Um, we suffered through... Um, uh, red and blue Superman as Superman fans. We suffered through the Bendis era as Superman fans. There's always a bad era. It happens. But you get through it and you move on to something better. And this isn't even that bad. It's just a little bit of same old with a little bit of cool new ideas that are essentially same old. And that's not the end of the world. Amazing Spider-Man 25 is perfectly fine. Uh, I'm going to probably grab 26. Uh, if you're not reading the buzz, uh, something pretty uh, serious is expected to happen. Um... You know, way to suck the punch out of it with your advertising, Marvel, but whatever. Uh, so I'll probably be back on for that one, too. So I'll give you an update when I read that one. It's fine. It's fine. 25 is fine. That's what my, my grades are. I've got, a, I've got a stack of about six or seven comics to talk about. And they're either fine, good, or great. That one was fine. What else was fine? Green Lantern, number one. This is coming to us uh, from... Uh, wait, Adams. I actually I didn't catch that. It's coming to us by Jeremy Adams, artist by uh, Zermonico, with Romula Fajardo Jr. on the colors. Um, part of the Dawn of DC effort, a lot of new number ones coming out. Uh, we've talked a lot about the new Superman book from Joshua Williamson. I got a little Williamson coming up later this uh, podcast. We'll talk about him. In fact, if you listen to the new Opinions Like A-Holes that came out um, uh, uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Monday, yesterday on Sunday, the new OLA, I did drop in my picks and plugs segment what I'm reading, and, and you're going to hear a little bit more about what else Williamson's writing. But before we get to that, let's talk about Adams and Green Lantern. This new Green Lantern is fine. Hal's back on Earth. Hell, you want to talk about a status quo reset? Hal is back on Earth, making amends with Carol, and trying to get a job flying. That is literally the start of every Green Lantern book I've ever read. Um, and it's here, too. Uh, this is fine. He's back on Earth. He's doing good work. He's still a bit of a, you know, he's still bugging Carol. He's still trying to be a flyboy. He's still showing off. He ends up breaking some tech. D didn't that happen in the Ryan Reynolds movie? Did they just rewrite the script of the Ryan Reynolds movie? Ugh. Anyway, uh, we get a little glimpse of Sinestro. He's hanging out. A cool variant cover, by the way, on this show in Sinestro um, uh, by, uh, by Lucio, uh, Lucio Perillo. Uh, that looks like a like like a name I'm pronouncing correctly. Uh, very pretty cover though. So, 
It's fine. It's fine. If you're a Green Lantern guy, uh, go jump on it. The second story involves some John Stewart. We get some Guy Gardner. Uh, great interaction between John and his mom for Mother's Day. I really liked seeing that. Guy Gardner's got a new haircut. It's dumb looking. I think someone calls him a kid. Did we did we de-age Guy? I need to look into a little bit of Guy Gardner stuff because he seemed a little bit off in the book. I'm not going to lie. But the John stuff was cool. Um, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. If you're a Green Lantern guy, go grab it. I'm not going to stay on it, but I'm, I'm glad I grabbed it just to see what it's all about. Uh, let's talk about, I don't know if it's fine or good. Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo wrapped up. Uh, this is by uh, Mark Silvestri doing the art and color, uh, art and cover, art and, excuse me, the writing and art. Uh, Silvestri, of course, a, a classic artist known for uh, his dynamic style, doesn't typically pick up the pen too much, but this was a perfectly good idea. Uh, Joker... Uh, comes to Batman needing help because uh, Harley Quinn has been kidnapped. Likewise, Jim Gordon has been kidnapped. And uh, we learn that it all has to do with a uh, figure from Batman's past and some experiments being done on, on normal citizens. And it forces Batman and the Joker to team up to save the day. There's some great moments of interaction between the two of them over the course of these seven issues. Uh, it's a perfectly good miniseries. If you're a Batman reader, if you're if you're a Joker fan, pick it up. If you're a Sylvester fan, pick it up. It is perfectly fine. It, it, it's fine bordering on good because there are some really fun moments. But in the end, this last issue is very much what I expected it to be, and it's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, cool, albeit scary variant cover from, I think, Jock. I think that's Jock on that cover. I can't tell. I don't know. Um, It's fine. I'm not mad I read it. I mean, it's Batman and the Joker teaming up. You, you know they're going to be getting something good out of it. It's fine. Uh, Lando's good. Uh, Lando number one, Star Wars Lando. Uh, it is a one-shot um, uh, detailing the story of Han, excuse me, Lando and Chewie as they get ready to save Han from Jabba the Hutt and how they get a little bit of information along the way. Written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Alvaro Lopez and colors by Antonio Fabella. Uh, I, I've told you before, I'm a big fan of just about everything Marvel does with Star Wars. They have just been good stewards of the Star Wars license. Uh, the eponymous book is excellent. Dr. Aphra is excellent. Darth Vader is excellent. Uh, I'm currently reading Yoda. I loved it. Han and Chewie was fine. It was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, this Lando was good. You get some great interaction between him and Chewie. You get a little bit of Chewie screwing stuff up with his anger, which was kind of fun. I don't feel like I get enough, like messing up Chewy or Chewy messing stuff up. I don't know what the words I'm looking for, but it was fun. And you get some Sabek, uh, you know, which, uh, yeah, how are you not going to have fun with the space card game? Uh, actually, shout out to Stephanie Phillips in the writing uh, because she does a really good job without us knowing how to play Sabek, understanding a good hand versus a great hand just in the actions of the characters and, and, and some, some deft terminology that made it very similar to something like poker, which made it easy to understand. I thought that was cool. Cool touch, Stephanie. Good job on that book. Uh, it's just a one shot, but it's a fine little story. If you want to want a fun story in the star Wars universe, go check it out. It is good. Also good action comics. Still digging that. Um, I was a little bit, I was about to say that I was going to jump off action because Superman, the eponymous Superman book is so damn good that I kind of feel like I don't need more Superman stories in my life. And I was worried that this was going to kind of muddy it up a little bit because it's being written with stories at the same time. So you've got the caveat of a hero being in two places at once and certain characters not necessarily acting the way they do in the other book. 
But this is still good enough, and the Metallo John Corbin story is still interesting enough, and the way they're using the expanded cast, like especially uh, John Kara, Superman from China, and uh, John Henry Iron Steel. Uh, excellent turns from all of them in this book. Uh, and some good Lois, too. Some perfectly fine Lois. Um, cover's a little dopey, not gonna lie. But um, it's good. And the, the Lois and Clark backup with a young John is really good. Uh, I'm, I love how they're doing these stories with young John uh, to kind of help placate the folks that are upset about how quick John got aged up. Um, because we did. We, as much as adult John has been great and the stories of him trying to emulate his father and the stories of him in his young relationship with his boyfriend have been uh, interesting and exciting, the super sons aspect with him and young Damien and just seeing a young child John learning the ropes while still having such immense power uh, there's a there was a wealth of stories that we missed out on by not having that, and I have a solution. These Lois and Clark backups with Young John are so good, and we get those moments of Young John learning to be the young man he would become. Why not just do one of those with Damien? Give me a Super Sons book that takes place before he was aged up after uh, the start of Rebirth. Just give it to me, and I've even got the perfect writer. You ready? Are you ready? You ready? You, you got it? You got a pen handy? You ready? Mark Wade. Mark Wade would absolutely be killer on that book. His work with World's Finest, with Batman versus Robin, and I have no doubt uh, the upcoming World's Finest Titans. Uh, he's he's just he gets heart. He gets good action. He gets bold action. Oh Shazam! He also did the new Shazam, which was great. He gets bold action, and he gets dynamic interaction between characters. These are things that Wade does well, so he would be perfect for a new Super Sons book, uh, kind of set um, you know, in earlier continuity. I, I would have loved to see it. So uh, whoever's listening, because I know decision makers listen to this podcast every week, I can feel your eyes on me, because that's how you watch podcasts. Uh, make, make, make it happen, folks. DC Brass, make it happen. Um, what they are making happen is Night Terrors. Uh, crossover coming up in a couple months. I want to see if I got the release dates here. July and August, I think. Yeah, July, July and August, probably. Go find that, find that checklist. Night Terrors is a horror-themed uh, four-issue miniseries with uh, book-ending uh, one-shots that will then, yeah, July and August, uh, will then spawn out into a series of um, two-parters. For multiple heroes, uh, obviously the big three, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, as well as a few other choices, interesting choices, Black Adam, Ravager, Zatanna, a couple villains like Joker, um, and a few others. And it looks like uh, it's going to be a, a story tying into the history of the DCU and really giving uh, writer Joshua Williamson, uh, who, again, love the guy, he's great, a chance to flex his horror muscles. He says he's a big horror fan. So we had a preview in the Dawn of DC free comic book day issue. And uh, I grabbed it just because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I'm a miniseries guy right now. You give me a, a couple issue miniseries, a crossover miniseries, and I'm on board. I want to see my heroes teaming up and fighting the evil together. Doing together what they can't do on their own. You know how it is. So I, I, I'm down for those. Uh, it's a nice, easy way to jump on for four issues, five issues, six issues, seven issues. Get a great story and get a big story. You know, it's why, it's, it's why Infinity War and Endgame are the big rewatches for the MCU fans. Because it's such a big story. 
And that's the great thing about uh, crossovers and, and miniseries. Um, so I grabbed this on Free Comic Book Day. I think it was the only Free Comic Book Day book that I kept for myself when I went out with Zampino a couple weeks ago. Um, but the real surprise, the real joy for this was when I cracked it open and saw art by Chris Bacciallo. I was in heaven. Guys, Bacciallo is one of my favorite artists. He is eclectic. He is abstract. He is a high energy, and he is a delight uh, to, to, to read. Um, and his work was great here. It uh, told the story. It was perfect for the, the nightmare realm uh, that uh, Damien finds himself in in this book. And it was great to see his art used for such uh, such strength and such uh, great storytelling. And then when it, it when he snaps into the real world and you got Howard Porter t- taking over, Howard Porter from, you know, Grant Morrison's uh, epic run on Justice League forever and ever ago and, and so many other great books. But that's one that I always remember. Uh, that was neat, too. Uh, always glad to see Howard Porter on art. Um, it was a great little first uh, preview issue. I'm definitely still on board. Um, love to see this stuff done well. And really, the grasp of the character of Damien in this segment was really, really good. Like, the the fearlessness of that kid was great to see. So that was a, a fun little one-shot. Uh, you know, I, 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 I had that in my good pile, but I'm going to push that into great, because I want to give you guys two great books this week. That means that I got one more for you. That is a great book, also written by Joshua Williamson. I, I'm a big fan of that guy, quickly. Quickly becoming a big, big fan. The, the ones in the last year who have really grabbed me, I'm going to tell them all to you, is Tom Taylor, who I, I'd been hearing about for months, so I'm the idiot there, because I should have jumped on his books way, way, way earlier. But Tom Taylor, uh, Joshua Williamson, and Jed McKay, these are the guys that I'm, I'm following for a minute. And these are the guys, and Jed McKay's another one who I slept on for a while, and I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. Don't be like me, you guys. Those three, go grab their books. Especially, you need a number one, Green Arrow. It was good, you guys. It was good. I mentioned Peacemaker, how much I liked Peacemaker last week. That was so good. This is good, too. I, uh, I added Peacemaker Tries Hard to my list. I'm going to be adding this one as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great use of multiple members of the cast, uh, some good mystery, and uh, uh, some stuff putting Green Arrow way out of his element, which I'm really excited for to see how he handles. Um, so Joshua Williamson on on the words, uh, Sean Izaxi on the art, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on the colors. So that's great to see. Um, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Uh, so, so far, for sure, Superman number one is a must read. Shazam number one is a must read. Green Arrow number one is a you gotta read. And Green Lantern number one is you can read. You, you can read. Those are the ones like, is that my new rating? Did I just come up with a rating system? You must read, you gotta read. You can read. It exists. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Uh, video games. I'm still playing Breath of the Wild. It's really good. That's why uh, it's such a hit, even though it came out like six years ago, 2017. When the hell did Breath of the Wild come out? I don't know. Anyway, I'm a Zelda guy. You know that. Um, I've been playing this one to get ready for Tears of the Kingdom, which came out two days ago as I record. Three days ago as you listen, if you listen right when this comes out. Uh, and I haven't started it yet because I'm still working on Breath of the Wild. So Tears of the Kingdom sitting on the shelf. Going to start it soon. Uh, we'll absolutely do a podcast on the first couple hours of that. But, you know, uh, if you're curious, uh, the entire gaming world has got stuff on that for you. So you don't need my opinion. It's, it's great. You know it's great. You know it's great. It's Zelda. It's Nintendo. It's great. 
Stop asking. I'll see you next week, you guys. Maybe. You know this is not a weekly podcast, right? <laughs>